Welcome to episode six of The Science in the Sacred. In this episode, I speak to Kitty McGuire, menstrual mentor and space holder, about how she got into the field of menstrual medicine, the magic of reclaiming your feminine power, and the challenges of loss and grief. So, Kitty, thanks so much for coming on today, first guest uh, of Science in the Sacred. So, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to, to have you on. And I know, obviously, I know your work and we're chatting a lot there uh, before we, we started recording, but I'd love for you maybe to introduce yourself and like the work that you do and why you do it just for anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't come across you and your work before. Mm. Thanks, Sinead. Yeah, it's lovely to be here and an honour to be the first guest. I don't think I knew that. So uh, that's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah I suppose... Um, who am I in the work is a, I suppose I go by a menstruality mentor. And that basically means that um, I hold spaces for women through the full spectrum of womanhood. So from their first bleed to the last bleed into the elder years, into the mature years. And I suppose I've had to niche down in the last couple of years because that's quite a broad spectrum. Mm. And um, I had to learn then that I couldn't be all women. I couldn't be one woman for all women, for all women. So as much as I'm passionate about all those thresholds and supporting women through those changes, I decided to kind of really focus on the menstrual years because that's where I am. And mm. I suppose I was really focused, I have been really focusing on just nurturing and nourishing my own fertility. Um, and then I suppose as well, through Repeal, Repeal the Eighth, the movement back five years ago now, I suppose well, that's when we actually repealed. But I suppose over mm. the last kind of seven, eight years, I really saw that that was a void for people experiencing abortion in Ireland that there was just zero um conversation around that and I was in a lot of circles and it was like this elephant in the room and it always came up but it came up in the small little two or three circles and I suppose I'm so conscious of, of how trauma impacts our our body but also I'm really conscious of how um trauma impacts our bloodline and so if we're have if we've come from a, a bloodline or our our ancestry and has had a lot of um trauma in their true womanhood i'm really conscious how that's carried on through through the lineage so i suppose it just became clear to me how deeply rooted shame was in the irish in the irish psyche of the womb and for me then I suppose womb sovereignty just became this it, it, it just was so loud it was just like I just need to um yeah let women know that there's somebody out there that is saying that their experience is valid they're worthy of love and care and um and healing because that's not a narrative that is offered and all we hear is criticism, judgment around the abortion topic. And I suppose that's the thing. It is a highly sensitive conversation. 
So for me, it was kind of just coming in with as much compassion as possible and letting people know that it was a safe, secure space and whatever their story, whatever their choice, that they could come and just just be with a, a clan of women and, and people that were, were saying, I have your back. But it was so silent before. Mm. So I do, I, I get I get quite emotional when I think of it because I've sat with so many women and it's funny because I can see the relief in their eyes. I can feel it in their bodies and I can feel it in the space. Just like shame is so powerful when it's, it, it's like a gremlin. It, it, it thrives in silence. And I think when worries are shared and shame is held and shared, you can just see it like sand through your fingers that the power of the shame just starts to lessen. Mm. Like it loosens in the in people's bodies, and and I suppose that's been my own story as well. I suppose it's just the relationship with shame as an Irish woman, and you know the mother and baby homes are in my own family. That and I and I I I don't think I don't think we'd have many people that wouldn't have a connection to some kind of institution in their yeah. in whether it's their grandfather or their grandmother. There was something of like to do with control or some controlled institution through religion or colonization. Um, so I, I, I think for me, it's, it's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, I know it, but it is, you know, that's, I think we often come at these things on so surface level, but actually to your point, you go back through the layers and it's, it's so generational, you know, not whether that's directly or just as a society as a whole. Yeah. And I think, I suppose it it took me a while as well to get really clear and confident and um, just strong in the work because I can remember when I first started putting myself out there, how afraid I was. Mm. Starting to post support on my social media, on my Facebook or my Instagram stuff and just feeling, am I going to lose community? Are people going to stop coming to my yoga classes like this was my livelihood mm. but it was mad because the integrity of it for me was just too big and actually it was the making of me because I was I had decided to just say no I'm putting my voice to something that I don't see done in my country and I it, it just it was like not that I didn't have a choice of course I had a choice that's what this whole thing is about <laughs> But like it was totally part of my path and yeah. looking back in reflection I can just see how integral that was for me as as a woman's worker and, and a woman's facilitator and I still get women to these days to this like I got one only like I think six weeks ago writing to me mm. about the work that I done with somebody five or six years ago and they're incredible now to say and I we, so we never know that butterfly effect. We, exactly. Just even I always say that to the women I'm say mentoring at the moment. I'm like, put something out there, start putting your the heart in your work out there and people will see it. There's loads of lurkers yeah. out there and mostly people who need the work won't like interact or share it because there could be deep rooted shame in their body. But mm. you advocating and being a voice for something that is represented, represents their story. Uh, don't underestimate that. So whether that's one person, like that's, it's huge. So, 
yeah it's been quite um it's been quite full on I'm not gonna lie mm. in in reflection to it because I suppose I've ended up getting here and the root the root of it's being through shame yeah and suffering but for me it's totally been this thing of the alchemist turning your pain into purpose yeah I love that analogy and I loved your analogy of the butterfly effect because I do think that's so important because you have a conversation with one woman one person and then they have a conversation with their friends or they tell someone about something or you know they they introduce a concept or even just starting the conversation you know because say for so long you couldn't even start the conversation and not 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 far uh, like ago or even you know for some people that's their lived experience right now where they might not be able to, to talk about that so to see someone having those conversations in a safe way in a safe circle or on a platform like that like it's hugely it's hugely inspiring and even just thought-provoking for people may, who maybe didn't even know that that's an option I know and I think what's you know considering we're five years on from repealing the eight um it's like it we women still don't have and people who are pregnant who need like abortion as a healthcare option it's still not like I think there's still eight hospitals that aren't providing the service in the country so if you're in rural Ireland you know so again it's people in rural Ireland that are suffering from this and I think that's what was so remarkable about repeal was with such a such a landslide of a vote I think people really underestimated rural Ireland and Mm. they forgot that this story would belong to some of those women too. The mothers of women or people that didn't have that option, or maybe they'd had to go into Magdalene laundries or mother and baby homes. So I think for looking back at it, it was, it's huge. It's, it's still, it still brings me to tears because it was a massive movement for the women of Ireland. And yeah. it gave us back, like Ireland's been changed from that. And it, like, look at, you know, look at what we're doing for the likes of us to be able to come forward and be so bold and so brave and courageous in this work and just say, yeah, I, I work with the menstrual cycle. Like that's yeah. my my job, my title, my website and everything is like yeah. oh, the menstrual cycle. You know, 10 years ago, that still would be like, sure, to be honest, even for me five years ago and even still to this day, I get people they'll go, oh, what? And my partner works in like TV. So if we're at something, they're like, oh, what do you do? And Sam's like, I work in TV. And then they say, and Kitty, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I'm I work with um like in menstrual health. And they'll go, oh, Jesus, yeah. we'll talk to Sam. So will we? And um, I'm just like, OK, yeah, it, you're right. It is much more digestible and acceptable. Mm. Just like, Jesus, who wants to talk about that? But then it has been amazing because, and it's not just from men, like I've had that from women, you know, I've had kind of like, why do you, why do you, why do you need to even talk about um, abortions and miscarriage? And they might say, I had one and like, I was fine. And I'm like, but that's your story. Yeah, that's your experience. Not everyone has that experience. I'm like, I am so delighted for you that Mm. you got to move through your experience, uh, not feeling the impacts of it um, massively. I'm I'm sure it impacted you in some way. But I'm like, but what about the people that this has just held them, held them prisoner in their body? And they're like, well, I just don't want to hear about it. And I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. I'm like, well, that's not really, 
I'm here for the women and the people who do, the couples who do need it. So, yeah. yeah, but the people will find you. Like, I think that's one of the biggest thing I learned, Stephanie, but like just working for yourself or doing something that's maybe a little bit like left a field or, you know, that might be an uncomfortable topic for, for some people or an unusual topic to be specializing in is that people who need you will find you or the people who want to work with you will find you and everyone has their own flavor and their own approach and their own story and that will resonate with different people so the the people who need you will be able to to come and it's it's about letting that letting the people who maybe don't get it or who don't need you go you know and that's what I always say I'm not here to convert anyone I'm just a service here in my country for people who are ready and wanting and then sometimes some people come and they're like I don't even know why I'm here but I'm here like I've I've had people come to my yin yoga training and um they're like I hate women's circles like this this hate women's circles and hate all your posts that you put up and sometimes when you acknowledge things like yonis or you talk about cunt power or you um (laughs) vaginas and vulvas and I'd be like well it's it's our female anatomy you know and and I've just said like aren't you pretty amazing that you've come on a training with me knowing that the baseline of my work is true Mm. like everything like even yoga I come at it from a female body from a like a female endocrine system and uh, I was just like, so maybe, yeah, maybe let's just trust in the process and take it really gentle and really slowly. So there are people that come in kicking and screaming. I'm like, I, I didn't. You signed up. So yeah. you can see, you can see a breakthrough. Mm. You know? And often that will have, I suppose, in our world, it's probably called a breakdown because, you know, for people to come and then let their story be heard or witnessed and by somebody who's like I'm not afraid of your story I'm not afraid like I've heard loads of sad stories and traumatic stories it's not my story like it's come I'm here um and I suppose for me that's been a hard a hard um lesson to learn as well was how to navigate those hard stories and the big Mm -hmm big fields but like I've said to you even before we were chatting like I'm just learning to get meticulous with my energy and also um if I'm working with people now um I I'm I'm real big mammy energy you know so my I suppose my I will I say a flaw probably not a flaw my don't even know idiosyncrasy <laughs> my my I suppose my kink in the chain was mm-hmm. I was smothering at times Okay. And wanted to just go in and do everything for the person. Whereas now I've had to really learn to pull back and just be like, no, you you do it. I'm providing a space, but you very much so. You need to do the work because I suppose for me that was um in I notice in this work, I don't know if you see this, but there's a lot of mother and sister wounds with the women. Yeah. But across the board, like nobody is exempt from that. I don't think I yeah. that hasn't been modeled in society that look at women, they're great. Let's look after them. Let's champion them. Like even little girls are kind of even, you know, it's 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 just in our narrative. Um, and 
our healthcare for women isn't a pri- hasn't been a priority mm. in Ireland um, and I'm sure in other countries too. You only have to look at America to like just touch your pearls <laughs> in shock. But yeah, I think for me that that that's been a real big learner. And it was like, right, well, look, I have to get very uh, real in this. You know, I'm meeting, I am meeting a lot of trauma, and I am meeting a lot of wounds, and. Mm-hmm there's a big expectation of me here and um, I actually can't fix, I can't heal these people's wounds. And I think once I was able to just be really honest with that and be like, I'm not your healer. I'm your facilitator. I'm your mentor. Um, And, and especially like if something comes up in a conversation, I'm like, that's beyond my capacity. Uh, I have a fantastic list of, uh, skilled practitioners that I'm going to refer you on to because that's just beyond my scope um, yeah. and it means then I, I, I've i been able to I can work with I can work deeply but I don't have to I don't have to put it all on myself to yeah. feel like um, I'm here to be this this person in front of me's saviour because that doesn't work that's then yeah. that's that's another form of patriarchy if I'm like Exactly. You're the one with the answers and they have to look outside themselves. And yeah. And that's because they get to hand the power, their power over to you. Whereas Mm. for me, it's been really uh, purposeful because I think the word power is quite loaded um, in. It can be quite triggering as well for a lot of people because their power has been taken away from them. Yeah. Me, I think it's been able to just reframe it and be like, well, how can we find our purpose amongst this and how can we do it with as much clarity and integrity so that um, we're bolstered, you and you and your the person you're working with are both bolstered through it. So, I mean, that's been a long, uh, a long journey and I'm no, nowhere near out. The, I'm always very uh, aware that there's no end to this. I'm sure I'm mm-hmm. not in, haven't hit my perimenopause stage yet. I'm 42 crawling up <laughs> to 43. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting for me just to see, that's why it was important for me just to focus on these menstrual years because I was so in it and living it. So I was really, able to, I'm really able to bring lived and learned experience and yeah. you're right in it. So I do, a lot. I, I do have lots of spaces that I can bring in pregnancy it's because that's part of menstrual years as for breastfeeding, like that pregnancy release, any, any kind of, um, I suppose, traumatic release from the womb. And then I have the, have different ways that I can support women through those menopause in menopause years, but through a different aspect, because I don't have the lived and learned experience of somebody who's gone through menopause. So I, I, yeah. I would offer a different type of space for that person, but this, the option is there for somebody to have that the space that wants to work with me. Like, you know, say, for example, I've worked with women who've had hysterectomies overnight or lost their cycle due to illness. And so they're then just thrown into, I suppose, spontaneous yeah. menopause, perimenopause and um, to work on to, to go back and do the monarch work with these women has mm-hmm. been absolutely divine because they are going through second spring. So then to go back and revisit that stage of their life, if they haven't gone there because it is that new initiation into life. So for me, like there's no end to the work. And I, and I do find that I had to diverse, diversify it there for a bit because it just got very 
period heavy. Um, (laughs) No, I didn't mean that's no pun intended. Yeah, you're like. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, I think it's such a huge spectrum. And I I do think each, each threshold does deserve it's time to shine, you know, yeah. and deserves to be witnessed. And um, and especially the likes, the likes of us that are the light in our bloodline that have come in mm. to break this generational, like to bring, gen, instead of focusing on generational trauma, like that we're the generational healer and we're coming yeah. in, no, no, it stops with us. Like I'm the last woman now in my bloodline uh, or my generation that's going to, be like carry on those limiting beliefs that may have come down through our family, through our community, through our religion and stuff like that. So like I that for me, it's kind of it's been a real beautiful and hard and confronting journey of how to keep turning the hard, sticky, ugly bits that society mm. like the, the parts that are drenched in hardship and suffering and grief and shame and uh, reframe it so like yeah look at it as opposed to oh generational healing no we're generation or generational trauma we're generational yeah. healers and being the light in your bloodline and I suppose then the the beauty of that then is just you get you'll know this the more you do this work the more you get to unveil your authentic self and oh 100% amazingly difficult woman in society yeah (laughs) I know I'm like they silenced me for so long and now they don't but I would agree about the the layers and how it's I think from the outside in you know menstrual cycle awareness and learning about like even just tracking your cycle and kind of you know going through the process of learning to trust your body whatever way that is and learning these tools yeah for me I think what's blown my mind open is and I guess it's kind of like in yoga where you go through the, the different coaches and the different body where you kind of start with the physical body. You learn what's going on with your menstrual cycle, like your symptoms, all this kind of stuff. And then you start going in, you're like, oh, actually, my mood changes. And then this and then you kind of get to this core. And it's it's just like you just see that actually there's cycles everywhere and that all of this work is a tool to really get to know you and yeah. the world and your relationships. And like it's just incredibly powerful um and I don't think you can really fully appreciate that until you start doing the work until you start you know being like oh wow even reframing menstrual cycles as something that's negative to something that's positive and it being a power rather than a hindrance like that's huge psychologically you know to be like actually this thing that happens to me every month is is a benefit it's not a negative um well that's if that's if we have the opportunity and the privilege to do it because you know Absolutely. I I also know women that um I'm really mindful you know I have lovely little Irish I like to bring in the Irish language and I have I'll be singing like um Grama Brin which is uh, Grama Brin and that's I love my womb but like how do you love your womb if if you've got chronic endometriosis and oh, yeah. So I know women that have to have hysterectomies because they're in, they've had several laparoscopies. So I think the way I would look at that for people like this is to just say, well, what if you can look at it as if it stops with you here now? And then Mm -hmm. you then, you can be share with your children, your sons and your daughters, not just your daughters or people that menstruate, that they're, 
that your womb story probably has been really stressful and upsetting. Yeah. Um, there has been this resentment there, but you want it, you want to, you do, you want that to stop in this lifetime so that your children are growing up feeling they can honor and respect and feel connected to their cycle. Because that's the thing with something like endometriosis, mm. like that can be hereditary. Yeah. So for me, that's what I'm really interested in is looking at how these things are passed down through through the bloodline. So, mm. you know, if if you think myself and yourself and all the other menstruality advocates and teachers and educators and stuff like that, some of us mightn't see um, the dramatic change that we are working towards, mm. but it's like that saying, like, um, wise men plant trees, they'll never climb, yeah, sit under. Absolutely. We're absolutely those wise women that are, you know, we're, we're planting seeds um, yeah. or, and are the great grandchildren and the, the youngsters that come after us. Because I see it in my own family, like my family are incredibly supportive around this. And there's I've never got any slagging off them. I mean, my brother-in-law laughed when he found out that I didn't like jam and I don't like ketchup. And my, my mother was like, oh, no, she doesn't like red things. And he was like, what do you mean red? Everything in her, her whole business model, it's Her red. whole brand is red. I don't know anyone who wears as much red or, and they all just felt like yeah. we hadn't even copped. And um, I said, yeah, but I don't have a problem with menstrual, red menstrual blood. And I don't have, um, you know, I like fresh strawberries. I was like, I just don't like artificial. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it was so funny that that's that's as close as the the slagging has come for me, which yeah. is very. I'm. That's not all, always the way with people. They can be a bit kind of dismissive. You know, like same as like yeah. an artist in the family or you know, go and get a real job. You know, whereas yeah, exactly. I mean, but I mean, my work is women's social justice I suppose for women but that's what my mother did so it, it why wouldn't it be normal and it yeah. in other families it might be abnormal but I grew up watching somebody advocate for women her whole life so and how amazing is that because I'd yeah. say a lot of people don't get that experience you know so as you're saying it is such a privilege to see that or be at least in an environment where you can do your work in a way that not only is it not ridiculed but it's actually actively supported yeah just maybe it's it's lovely and, and I suppose even safer even as that like when we were as a family say for repeal or any of the marches mm. like we got as a family you know yeah. yeah and there was, it was like generations showing up for Manana Heron <laughs> yeah you know? like so I think that's that's where the healing comes that's where the power of it and and I am at that point now where I'm like um I'm not here to convert you. Just I'm I just want it to be easy. And um I have enough courage and conviction in, in what I'm doing. I've more than enough experience and, and I have enough trust in my ability to just say, whoever needs to to get here, I'm here. And if I'm not available, well, I know a red clan that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. You see yeah. what's the dog's what's the dog's name? That's Winnie Wagtail. I got her for my 40th birthday. And oh, lovely. Apricot Angel. And she's um she's so special. She's actually 
the I have a kids workshop now for age seven plus. It's kind of could be six to nine year olds, and it's called Magic Blood, um, inspired by a, a little live that I done with Sarah Sprell. Do you know her? The, the oh, children? I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. So such a big fan. I had a chat with her about age appropriate language with children, mm-hmm. and then um the following month, myself and the boys uh, at the time seven and two. We went on holiday and Winnie got her first bleed. Hey, I actually think I saw this on your stories. Yeah. Um, we got to, um, are, are you got Yeah, yeah, yeah. This recording. Yeah. And uh, I ended up, that was how I started. I told our seven-year-old about magic blood and because there was spots of blood everywhere. And I was like, she's not mm. pain. This is blood. That means that when this happens, it means she she could get pregnant she could make a baby and that magic blood will grow a baby. And he was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and um, now he's older now, so he start, he's not as... He, <laughs> yeah, he's not as amazed. <laughs> well, no, I think he's really starting to kind of grasp that like, oh, okay, there's a bit more to this. Um, yeah. So then there was a conversation of um, that led to then, well, how does the baby get in there? Mm. But then... Uh, I was able to turn that into, well, this is what happens to a doggy, but actually it happens to women as well. And yeah. I also have magic blood every month. So uh, so now I've turned that into a little story that oh, we're just... this is how to talk. It's kind of age appropriate. So instead of like trying to do a workshop with children, it's like bringing Winnie into school with her period pants on. Oh, my Gosh. And and she's such a cuddler. Like she's a really, really she's so used to children. Mm. Sometimes our little man tries to straddle her like a pony and like but they're best friends, you know. So it's that's what I mean. It's it's in every aspect, like even the yeah. dog part of it. <laughs> yeah, I love that though. And like I think as you were saying, like about being the, the seed planters, it's like these conversations. It, it, it passes down because it, it normalizes it like I remember um yeah, did kind of a a women's circle it was going back to your your first bleed and I remember sharing the story where I was like and it was funny because I don't really remember it that well but mum was like do you not remember she was like dad brought you home flowers oh. and you had it and I've got a twin brother and suppose Matthew was like why does Sinead get flowers and I'm not getting flowers and you know they they marked it and I was like wow that's actually for the time you know is so oh, progressive yeah. Yeah, so I was like, you know, it's probably unsurprising that I ended up in this work, but I was like, that that that's such a that ritual, even though it's in the grand scheme of things, it's such a small gesture. But like the fact that so many people wouldn't have that, and then I do think that that's at least fed into me, and I don't know if it's been your experience as well, where I do love the ritual of things, like I do love marking, yeah, as you said, the thresholds because it's, you know, I guess especially in Ireland, it's um maybe we. You know, I know for myself, I was never really part of the Catholic Church. You know, we kind of were christened, but kind of stepped away. So you're kind of looking for that sort of ritual or sense of community or sense of connection or that connection to something more than you. And for me, that's definitely been cycles and kind of women's circles and that sort of the the different rituals that you hold. So I've loved being able to bring that into my own life to mark different sort of stages or or um maybe life stages that I'm moving through, which I think is such a nice tool to have in your toolbox, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel very lucky. Like, God, again, when I kind of mum reminds me of it, I was like, yeah, wow, like that's. Yeah. So it's very so progressive for the time, you know, like, yeah, very special. Um, so, Dad, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> um, I'd love to know. Yeah, literally. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about, I guess, your. I don't want to say your study in this area because we both know that it's more than study, but I'm always curious to hear people's, I guess, progression through this you know oftentimes people start to work in the area of women's health because it's as you mentioned it's something that's happened to them and then you know you kind of you you learn and I know that you studied with the the red school as well and I would have been speaking in the the previous episode about menstrual cycle awareness but and you studied with Uma recently as well so I'd love to hear a bit about that because I think there's some amazing teachers and mentors out there I've had some great um yeah, people like I'm working with, I'm doing a mother circle training at the moment with Kimberly Ann Johnson. Do you know her? Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I'm a bit like that, that <laughs> this course landed in my, mm-hmm. I'm a Winnie, she wants cuddles. This course landed in my email back in March. Now, obviously not everyone will know this, you know this, but I only lost my mother mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve tragically in a car accident. And I've been trying to have a bit preparing. I don't like the word trying. I've been trying, preparing and hopeful mm. to have my own baby get pregnant and give birth to a happy, healthy baby for a good while now. And then I'm also a foster mother. So for me this year, I've been really looking at um, how all roads for me are leading to mother. Mm. My mother dying, the been catapulted into a foster foster parent role foster mother and then the journey to motherhood now any one of them on their own is massive exactly so for me I'm like flip sake I'm like why do I have to go through yeah all these big things in one like day? universe could you not just rip feed it to me <laughs> I'm like I saw that somebody saying there for the new year and I just was like oh my god send a big uh, memo for me it was like on New Year's Eve, um, whoever has the the list for God, will you ask him to take take me off his bravest soldier list? And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, I'm enough. I, I, there's no more, like, can't take any more life lessons. Um, so, yeah, so the, Kimberly Ann is, is, is a really great teacher for me because she's very rooted in the nervous system, the female mm-hmm. nervous system. But um, just that real, just w- being a woman in the work and tr- and trauma in the work of women. So mm-hmm. like I'm on her course with a lot, mostly American women, you know, who are very different to us. So it's very good for me because I love that um, I'm not amongst a load of women that I know because it's mm-hmm. really horrible again, because then you have to put yourself out there and come out and do all these introductions. And um, so it's very powerful. So, yeah, she's who I'm currently. I'm, I know like people are like, how can you be doing that? And you're grieving to such a, an awful loss of your mother. And I'm like, because that's what I have that. These are my survival skills because I need to, you can squirm around. I can squirm around it and numb out in the feeling for a while, but then I, I do have to go, right. How, how do I make sense of this in my body? And that's what yeah. happened to Uma. I um, kept on hearing Uma's name. And mm. I was doing, doing, I began my womb journey 
and Uma was popping up left, right and centre and she was coming here lows at the time. Um, And then I just eventually made my way to Uma and Uma, I have to say, like when she heard mom had passed away, was like she had broken her foot. So she wasn't online and stuff. But she when she soon as she found out towards the end of January, she just got on to me and she said, come and see me and let me look after you. And I just dying because I did need to be mammied, you know? Yeah. I needed that mothering because like when your mother that you're close with is whipped away from you, it's so try, you know, me and my my mom's only 62, I'm 42. You know, we're very close. So it was just so beautiful to have that um that sisterhood. Now Uma yeah. had I'd held a a, a a big massive woman circle, a woman circle of womanhood, and we ran a huge big camp, a woman's camp there before the lockdown. And Uma was like, now as a thank you, I want you, all of us that had organized it to come and you can have it, you can have a complimentary training. So I never got to go on that because of lockdown. And I was meant to go before Christmas and my mum was going to find the children. But I was like, look, it's too chaotic. It's in London. You know, I just feel actually it, it seems a bit busy for me. And then I actually remember seeing seeing that one come in. Um, yeah. the, I was looking to that, but yeah, sometimes you're like, and I couldn't oh. find accommodation. And I actually, mm. it was just so close to Christmas. So you know yourself, I was like, yeah. Oh. But also, my mother would have spent literally one of her last weeks <laughs> alive yeah. looking after, um, which would have been lovely for her and the boys. But she actually, everyone had come up to me and said, "Geez, I saw your your mother was in Dublin and." So on a, I suppose on a soul lev- level, I feel like, um, you know, it was her time. It was time to leave this world in physical form. But she got to see so many of her close friends and people that she'd grown up with. Um, so the timing then while Uma had got in touch and I just was like, Jesus, Uma, if you have you anything coming up that I can just escape and just yeah, be held be in a yoga nidra cocoon, a little womb cave. She was like, I have one in my garden the end of February. And I'm not joking. I cannot. I was completely in collapse. I was in a freeze response. And why wouldn't I be like the biggest traumatic thing in my life had happened and uh, in agony. And I I got to Uma and just slept and slept and slept. But I the thing is, I could really feel Uma's care for me on that. So I'd had that. I had had that my body knows how knows Uma so long now um if you think I started doing work with Uma Jesus probably like I don't know seven years ago or something um and had her book before and would have been going to other people teaching womb yoga or stuff like that so yeah I did it I've done Uma's um well woman I think it is or something it used to be called the womb yoga and then she's changed it but beautiful work. And then I've also done her pregnancy training, which is like after I left that training, I actually fell pregnant myself 10 days later. <laughs> wow. Was, yeah, I had a huge catharticism when I got home from that. I woke up one night and I, I had a huge fear of of labor. I think maybe in a past life, um, I had a very traumatic labor. Or yeah. I had this like crazy and my mother my my mama always said her labor on me was the easiest okay I was always her easiest child that's not true I was like <laughs> an absolute lunatic um it was demented but um yeah so 
I'd gone on that train and it was amazing. I think about five days I came, got up one night and I was like a cow, the sounds that were, and I had to, I was doing yoga, cat cow at like four in the morning. And it was almost like my body start purging without anything leaving either yeah, yeah, yeah. of my body. I just felt, and I was like, just mad sounds. It was like I was in labor. I, mm. I, I actually love watching um, watching labors. I was like making all these mad sounds. And then I conceived um, within about 10 days after. Now, unfortunately, my body wasn't. So there was a lot of stress going on in my body at the time. So the, the preg- that little soul didn't stick around to be born. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was a huge, Uma's been a great a, um, a great teacher and and she's she's a hoot as well you know and then I've done the MLP with Red School the Menstruality Leadership Program that was fantastic like I think you know I'm definitely that wild chaotic highly creative ADHD yeah there's there's definitely lunacy like that lunar energy lunar lunar energy is in me like and, and, I, and I like I don't I don't say that with shame it's like that mm. what it's so for me, I found that's what was great. I feel like the the Red School MLP was definitely like dotting the I's and crossing the T's and just putting some boundaries around my yeah. wildness because I could see that then, oh, hang on now, I'm just a wild feminine and this too much wild power without the container yeah. to stop the the fire spreading too much. It's 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 It gets out of control. So, you know, mm-hmm. we need... Have a fire pit. <laughs> yeah. I was with the analogy of like um levees on a lake, like yeah, the nice. feminine's the, the 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 river, and then yeah. you know, you've got the masculine that's the yeah the levees to try and direct it because otherwise you just spread out everywhere and you flood and you know you're like ruining crops rather than it actually being directed towards something like yeah. irrigation or whatever. Yeah. So that I felt that that death I was starting to feel like suppose as I was doing more healing with my nervous system and a lot of the trauma work I was doing, I just started to see the areas of my life that were craving and demanding this, like just being like, no, no, this is big girl stuff. Like this is part of the woman wound. Like, you know, we can't, we can't be running around like that. It's, it's not, it's, we're just going into constant cycles of burnout. Mm-hmm. And then I the, um, mens- the menstrual medicine um, circle training and yes. that's kind of working one-on-one and that, that that took its time to kind of integrate and develop um and i've loved that i've loved i i love weaving that in um because it is like getting into the psyche of the cycle and there's so much to offer there and i think what's really powerful in my experience of working with with women at that is seeing where um like yeah where the traumas are coming up where the pain is where we're blocked where the um you know, the fear of visibility, the fear of being yeah. heard, seen, the the fear of, um, you know, your sexuality, your sensuality. Mm-hmm. That's for me, like on a human level to witness that in somebody else through their menstrual cycle. Like it's it's gold. It really mm-hmm. like it's gone. Jesus, if we knew this, if we were a couple of times a year as adolescents, like, wow, like the women that we would just like go into would we even need to go to third level because you think about it how many no, years no. yeah exactly but you just it's you know how many years do you spend 
rejecting kind of, literally yeah you're kind of I was going to say like the patriarchy you're trying to play the game you're playing the game and I'm actually listening to the uh, the heroine's journey at the moment and um you know they're talking about that whole experience and then you just you know obviously everyone's journey through that is um where they've they've gone down the, the hero's path instead of the yeah. the and you you know everyone's kind of realization maybe to sidestep that they're actually on the they're living someone else's life or life plan or life structure it's different for everyone but could you imagine if you just didn't have to do that you just kind of learned from when you were going through that process of becoming a woman that actually there is a different way of of living and being and that you can stand in your power and it might be a different power to what you you see around you but that's the you know, the model of exactly. the feminine like that's exactly we've been told that women aren't as funny or as clever or as able um, as men whereas that's kind of like going right let's say you're you're uh you're in the zoo and a, a female like a, a lioness gets out and are you going to be any less afraid of her exactly yeah, she's <laughs> the ones that do all the work anyway but like or you know you're thrown to two lines whether they're male or female they're both going to make mince media exactly. you know? so um so i do i can it's i think it's definitely been very interesting to observe that in society of um you know how women like us are up against we're a minority you know um because we are with this work is going to bring a lot of self-inquiry and if people aren't ready or able for that for that but or have the practices to to stay embodied through those experiences so that's where um i loved that work with the menstrual medicine circles and that's been very powerful for me to work um with people through that and like not even having to have a menstrual cycle I've worked with a lot of pregnant women and menopausal women and stuff like that so it's just amazing what the psyche will surface because yeah you can literally see people uh, dissolving um years of a story that just keeps um recycling itself with every cycle you know yeah yeah so that's that piece of work and then Samantha Zipporah for the pregnancy release work she came over specifically to do this and pregnancy release is means abortion miscarriage um stillbirth or any kind of hormone any kind of uh traumatic or stressful pregnant labor or pregnancy because you know you could have people that um maybe they planned on having a home birth or and then all of a sudden they've they they now have had to be rushed to hospital and they have a prolapse or they had to have a c-section again it's like for me in that pregnancy release work it's um holding space for women to befriend their body and befriend their womb and their 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 sensuality sexuality menstruality again or or just um make peace with the vision that they had um yeah. you know that they they'd held on to or maybe dreamed about their whole life you know and then like, the opportunity the situation came and it, it went for them horribly wrong obviously like the uh, everyone was, was happy that mother and the baby are safe by the end but then there's still this experience yeah. that get voiced so that's been really powerful work as well and then um 
Other te- great teachers, actually, that I would really, really recommend. Um, Atira Tan, I've done her women's trauma-informed mm-hmm. training. She's in, she does a lot of um, work around young girls and sex trafficking. So Fantastic way. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I really, really recommend. And she had um, Lorraine. God, my cat's gone out of my mind. But that was a brilliant training that I did. Uh, that w- I think sometimes I just go for myself just to see, just because yeah. I, I want, during lockdown and stuff, I wanted containers for me to be held. And because mm. I, I love going. Um, I know, I'm the same. <laughs> I'm like, it. is this for my profession or for my personal? Maybe it's But it has to be. And I think for I me, I'm it. like, it's it has to be embodied in us first. And then. I 100% agree. Yeah. Then yeah. another woman I trained with, um, I went to Portugal last year. Again, I uh, Sophia Adjourno. Um, a woman's health change cycle, <laughs> a woman's health training, but so rooted with um TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. Oh, amazing, yeah. I'm a yin yoga teacher, so it just made total sense. And that was an amazing because I went to that and then came home, and the boys were placed with me, so okay, that was very um, that was a great space for me to just be totally. Uh, supported and just get my get my mm. uh, my nervous system and rest in place but also have a lovely little holiday to myself and um, so yeah there, there's some big teachers and then obviously like Mary Kennedy has been like she's a good friend of mine but I would have started out with Mary as a she would have been a yoga teacher and then mm-hmm. she had about how Mary wove in the Celtic wheel so I probably would be working with the Celtic wheel myself now a good, I don't know, like could be the guts of 10 years or something. Yeah. So I think for me, Mary's just somebody as a friend, I'll always come back to, you know, she's been incredible to me through these last, like she'll just turn up some days with a bag of dinners oh, <laughs> and just rock up and be like, the lads love lasagna, don't they? And I'm just like, oh, I really don't want to cook today. I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm actually I'm on her Celtic Bale at the moment. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah, because kind of would have been doing it myself. Like you could have picked it up through bits and bobs or reading books and yeah. stuff like that. But like everyone who would have been speaking about, they're all like Mary Kennedy, Mary Kennedy, also yeah. doing it this year, and she's just the energy. Oh, she's just great. So and every year she does it like it's because I've done the work with Mary from yeah. in her in the yoga studio, and then just how Mary has developed her for her put her own. Uh, stamp on the framework of the the okay. Celtic, you know, because obviously she, she would have been heavily influenced by Dolores's Dolores Wheeler, yeah. and ever knew Celtic, mm-hmm. book and she Mary brings Dolores on all the work. I mean, she's on all the poses. It's so great. Ah, uh, yeah. It's so to see it like each, almost each generation, you know, like it, like I mean that in a in a respectful way, where it's like you know these people, like my God, I can't even imagine the environment when Dolores was doing this work, how it would be received, and then you know. And now it's so spoken about everywhere, you know. It's, it's a digestible cycle. The, the, the Celtic wheel will ask of you. Like, I mean, anyone who does it will know that if you try and skim past the Kaliak or sound without, and, and actually, you know, if you're actually sitting with your sound, um, you know all about it. So if you try to skim past it, you're going to get a sound at Balta. Yeah. It's going to yeah. go and grab you on the arse at some point. Um, so I think that's, I, I, I love that about Mary, you know, like, um, you know, she, she's so honest and authentic and 
Um, she just live in the work, you know, and that's just like yeah. Mary, somebody that I will consistently come back to and pop in because she's evolving all the time. And I, and, and there's real sisterhood in, in, I love that in Mary as well. You know, she's a great woman for, yeah. the, for the sisterhood, you know, which is so important because, <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, it's one of, I guess it's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast to make sure I was getting people on. Cause I was like, it's so great to, there's so many amazing people, particularly women doing so many amazing things. And I'm like, it's just, you know, there's no need to be like, and I know you're not like this, but like competing, competing with one another, you know, it's actually like, it's like rising water lifts all boats or, you know, I always use the analogy of like coffee shops where gyms, but I think coffee shops, if you're living in, in Ireland, particularly in Dublin makes a lot more sense where I'm like, how many coffee shops are there in Dublin, you know? And I'm like, they all do the same thing. It's all, it's all coffee. But yes. There's so many different flavors and actually, you know, there's people might go to a, a particular coffee shop because it's close or they like the coffee or they like the style. They like the environment, you know, the particular barista they like or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, but everyone goes because they've found a flavor or a, a space that works for them. And everyone buying coffee is good for all the coffee people. And then it's good for people because they are going to a coffee shop. So I remember for me. And I started working for myself, you know, you're dealing with that sister wound of being like, oh my God, am I good enough? And sure, why would I bother if someone else is doing the work and everything? But I'm like, no, just think of coffee shops, you know? I'm like, it's you're all. Also, you're lived and learned experience. Exactly. And, and I'm like, I work with women now, co- you know, coaching. I'm not really mm. bad at coaching, but on, um, I'd say like facilitating or mentoring, you know? Yeah. And I suppose, um, like that's what I'm saying to them. I am not trying to empty what's in my brain and hand it to you. Like you're coming to me with your craft and we're, exactly. we're like weaving that into like that, like basically just fine tuning your niche so that you it's can, your own language or, you know, it's finding your, your dialect of the same language. It might just be giving people the structures like the way you mentioned in the menstruality and um, MLP, the leadership program, where it's like the maps give you a structure to work with or, a, you know, a language maybe that oh, makes it. it exactly that makes you be able to embody it to then bring it out to other people, which I think is so important. Especially for me now, looking like I'm into the fourth or fifth. Actually, I think it's the fifth cycle of red alchemy. It's probably there going into the fourth year, but we I've done five. This is the fifth cycle starting because one year I did two. I was uh, very ambitious. It was during lockdown. Um, but now I have those women on this cycle, six of them from previous, mm. who started with me with very basic understanding um, of menstrual cycle awareness. And, uh, and now here they are, like, we're peers, we're allies. Mm. And I hold an inner circle with them and we show up together and we bring all those um, sticky bits of, of the, what, like what's, what's scary in showing up in the work. And yeah, because they're the bits that we don't learn when we go on trainings, we don't learn how to lead this work. And for mm-hmm. me, that's where I kind of saw, um, because I know true, true witnessing women, in their droves in the lockdown coming to me to do this work, running out, setting up their Instagram page, going berserk and giving it like two to four months, maybe six months. And then the Instagram page just goes dormant and they go back to their yoga or something. And 
Uh, and I'm like, no, it's you're not going to come and do this and turn into like have my um community that you know what I mean it takes mm. it takes years to build it I said you're asking people to come to you with their womb and mm-hmm. trust to look after the most sacred part of their body yeah and it's so deep and I said people mightn't even think of it that deep and I said but you're asking people to come to you and pay you so that they can talk about something really vulnerable as their mm-hmm. menstrual cycle and the fluids that leave their vagina every every day or what you know so like it's a huge big deal so that's where I've kind of been going um it's been really interesting to me seeing okay the there's a big fear of judgment in the work Mm -hmm. how how do you show up with this work in your workplace let's say you're a corporate person and like it's it's very white collar and all of a sudden you're like oh I'm working with periods you know, that mightn't be as acceptable in some workplace. There could be a yeah. lot of or families. There could be a lot of people making a fool of people for trying to take them down, you know. So for me, that's been really interesting is to um, work with women and the uh, work with the visibility around the work, mm. because it's one thing you declaring yourself to the world as I am here now. I am a voice for women. Yeah. But then how do you get the the world how do you get the world to listen because just yeah. because you decide to step into those shoes um what why all of a sudden would people just trust and come to you so that's exactly. what I've been like yeah I, I i i say like it's a yoga te- i've been a yoga teacher for years yoga teaching yoga is so easy now because it's not taboo to teach yoga but mm. 20 years ago it was like oh you're one she does yoga you know? <laughs> well I remember like so about 20 years ago would have been when I was remember like trying to get the yoga books like out of the library because there was nothing the only place I remember like then as a teenager would be like a yoga class in the local ga club and really it was like you know like I don't know tone up or whatever like it wasn't it wasn't yoga it was but it wasn't you know not on a spiritual or energetic level um yeah so even that like you know it's such a different there's obviously a need for it I think the work comes out when it's needed you know if you're a yoga teacher and you're this is what I'd be saying to like some of the women mentoring, I'm going, keep the yoga going and then just start in your in because that's what I did. I obviously transitioned and then start bringing in this this posture is really supportive for this pose. Yeah. And then people all of a sudden going, that's me today. Or if anyone's ovulating and they're having ovulation pain or you feel like maybe you've got cysts or um you know, you want to conceive, like here's a great pose to clear out your tubes, you know, or like bring more chi into your tubes. All of a sudden people are going, that's lifestyle. This mm-hmm. is helping my lifestyle. Or like, here's a yoga pose that's going to really help with your bowel movements. Like <laughs> people love that. <laughs> they yeah. about it, but they're like, yeah, who doesn't want healthy digestion? So it's much easier to come out and hide behind a few yoga poses and this the language of of yoga but to mm-hmm. for you to come out and be saying here i am on day 7 of my menstrual cycle yeah that's you like yeah. it's very very different so it's for me to have been able to really articulate that to i'm saying this is a really different beast that we're working with mm-hmm. and 
it's it's very interesting when I do see like that declaration of self to the world as yeah I'm going to advocate and I'm really passionate about this work and then the heartache of when the world does they're not witnessed by the world and I'm like it's gonna take a long yeah, time it's gonna take it a good happen. while because no, even like even when like I can only imagine how it's been you know you've obviously been in the space space a lot longer but like I even remember when I started talking about like training for women because I would have come from the the sports side you know and uh even in the gym I was working in you know they're all super supportive of us but one of the lads he was a bit younger he'd be like oh here we go it's periods again and he was only messing but like he was even just like Sinead's Sinead's here with the because yeah. the thing is he's not only messing it's like it's a slight it, there's a um there there's an element of they don't realize when they do that they're exposing their own discomfort. But in that, there's still, it's still, um, gaslighting is the wrong word. But the, you're you in that situation. You want to go to that person. What do you think that comment does? Yeah, what it's true actually. because what that comment does is it, it's like um, say people go, oh hi, they meet you as a couple. Hi Sam, what do you do? I work in TV. Kitty, what do you do? Oh, I'm a mens. I work with women and their menstrual cycles. Oh, Jesus! Oh, God! We yeah. won't talk about that. And I'm like, oh, okay. If um, yeah, if you don't want to, that's fine. So I'm just like, that's I fine. I can just see there's a lot of discomfort. I'm not going to push it. Absolutely not push that. Yeah. Conversation with you because I'm actually when I'm out, but uh, and like that. Why do I want to try and um convince you that mm. what I do is fucking amazing <laughs> yeah I know but like even no. even at that stage like it's it is it is funny where now it's totally talked about like so much more now it's still got a long way to go but like it's a lot more spoken about in in the sports world it's a lot more spoken about in in yeah. gyms even on Instagram you can see on a biology yeah the spirit the energetics you got yeah you need to drip feed in the the energetics and then for, sure. for me that's where I'm like this is where a lot of um blocks are happening because mm. a lot of people are living in the world either so in the spirit world or so in the 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 natural world the material mm. world just um so then there is this body and spirit disconnection yeah so you know you like i say say red alchemy my course around the menstrual cycle is the spirit the science and the sacredness it's interesting that yeah, you I love that yeah I'm like because I'm like she's speaking because that was my experience when I was starting getting into it I was like I feel like there's elite athletes like how to perform with your cycle or there's like super you know very um people painting their face blood yeah literally like you know very yeah exactly which like, I'm like in for everything yeah exactly but there was I was like there's nowhere for I guess the people like me who I'm like I'm interested in both and I want to do both or even and you might be somewhere along that spectrum but I was like I think it's that's what I mean I was like I actually think where the the beauty and where the medicine really comes from is being able to integrate the two and that's I think it's happening more and more you know the fact that you're doing it in Red Alchemy for your kind of um, mentor mentorship and you know even the fact that I'm doing you can see it come out in other places where I think people are starting to recognize there's a need for both and people might come at that exactly and you know I know that word gets bandied around so much but I do think it's really important there's a time and place for everything you know you think it gets bashed around I think I think maybe on a consumer level 
the importance of the word is misconstrued. So okay. it's you, do you know what I mean? Where like it's used by people in an, in an, you're uh, shown in holistic for, and it's exactly, not. you know, or maybe, or maybe people are like, oh, so holistic means woo woo or kind of like not medical. Do you know, we're actually holistic is like, no, it's whole body. Like it's, it's exactly, yeah. it's the, you know, so I think maybe there's, there, maybe that's me projecting my own biases on it, but I do feel like maybe there is a, I would agree with that because mm. I mean, look, I'm, like I said, on this fertility journey and I, you know, I've been doing a fertility protocol there that's science based and, you know, I've had to take different injections and different medications and stuff, which was hard for me initially because I really, I can I can spiritualize myself into pregnancy and, and I, by goddess, did I try, but uh, it turns out I really, my hormones, there was so much cortisol in my body. I, that help and um and also just like that's what I was saying to you like say that for women who ha- don't have this dream like exactly relationship with their um with their cycle or their body um it's kind of just going well if I can bring some level of healing and ease easier make, mm. make I I suffered chronic pain I had I was um, bed bound every month and eating yeah. the, the painkillers and just mental health was really challenged mm. yeah when I found out about the void like when Alexandra Opa when I was on my training in Spain or in Italy and she just said to me Kitty darling you're an ecstatic the void is going she goes um being an ecstatic, it's going to be your greatest gift, but it's also your greatest curse because mm. you feel like, you know, things can be orgasmic and then things can be hell, you know? Yeah. So it's just this thing of um, feeling so magnificently that you can't feel ovulation. Just the good all the time. <laughs> and then not feel, for me, I couldn't yeah. have the brunt of my menstrual cycle. Mm. Whereas now, like, I don't take I, I I like maybe every 14 16 cycles I might get an absolute banger and I have to take yeah. but then I just lash on a few castor oil packs to support the liver you know if I exactly after my bleed or whatever but yeah I think um I think that's the thing it's 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 informed choice that's what this work is to me yeah. it's a, choice knowledge that's why I say if knowledge is power wisdom is informed choice because mm. have that knowledge if you have that the power and knowledge then you're able to go in to your healthcare provider and say I agree x y and z and, and I even see it with my own uh fertility protocol I've said to mm. him no you you have me down as if I'm ovulating on day 12 or 13 like I don't I can see, I'm ovulating on day 10 so I'm taking my trigger mm. shot eight and he's like okay let's try it the next month you know like yeah whereas he's not just going shut up you what would you know like he he here like I said from recently it's brilliant yeah because he knows that I'm really interested in my body and I'm really mm-hmm. invested in it like I said from recently I have a bit of pain in my left fallopian tube I wonder could there be a cyst there and he's like well come in and we'll give it a scan like Amazing. so to be list listen to like that's it somebody specialized in women's health and fertility um and that's what I've paid for uh but it's so that's so lovely for me to have yeah. that um 
that that I'm validated by a professional that in the field that you know um now there are other things when I said from oh I went to a kinesiologist he said my uh, pituitary gland is completely shot and that's why my insomnia is so bad and um, he just went oh diddy and I was like what if my flipping pituitary gland is out I'm not going to sleep and if I'm not sleeping yeah like what like and that's the thing like I was at a point where my insomnia was so chronic that if you've got seriously bad uh, insomnia, um, this might be helpful for people that are trying for on the path to motherhood or parenthood. Mm. Your circadian rhythm is in a really bad way and it just gets very confused. So it won't send the correct messages mm-hmm. to your ovaries to release the egg and tell your body to to get pregnant and stay pregnant because there's one thing releasing an egg and creating an embryo. But if your body's like, Oh, hang on, this, this place is a mess, you know, like, so for me, knowing this about my, my body, it meant I was going, right. Well, if he's not going to listen to me on that, I have this kinesiologist, but that's the doctor then from the medical background who doesn't, he's like, I don't care what, um, someone from alternative med like alternative medicine has to say because I trump what he has to say but for me I'm Mm. like me actually because what I did was work also with him and his um holistic approach and my insomnia was gone with within six seven weeks and like he he said he muscle tested and he said my pituitary gland um I'm trying to, this is Stephen Rohan. I'm probably saying it name and he's in Dunleary. So definitely okay. he's, he's in, I'm back with him now because um, with the bereavement, I wanted some support, you know, and yeah. he's been uh, definitely Stephen, uh, R-O-U-G-H-A-N or something like that. But he's a kinesiologist in Dunleary. So anyone who can get to Dunleary, get to that man because he's just incredible. But uh, he, when last year he said to me, there is no way you can conceive if your pituitary gland is is out like that because mm. it's, it's it's the communicator for sleep. And um, so then he said, we need to get you to about 70%, your pituitary gland function at about 70%. So after I had my laparoscopy, I my left tube was blocked um, and I just went deep into like really caring for myself and I was mis- mm. meticulous with my sleep hygiene um, and I went back to him and he said, I can't believe it. It's at 100 percent and didn't think we'd get you there. I thought we'd plateau at maybe 70 or 80 mm. and it would be a real slow climb. Um, now, I still can. That That's something that um, in my cycle around ovulation, I can have a little bit of um insomnia issues but I know now I have to get out and exercise and by that I just mean an evening walk with the doggy down yeah. the is wonderful because it just gets me away from the laptop the phone and um, especially now after last night I was holding space I just get myself out walk to the canal yeah with my feet on the land and I'm sleeping great now whereas Brilliant. I can go and it's it's the worst like you're so able you're able for so much more when your sleep is there but like so, yeah, so for people who are, um, you know, who maybe are having that challenge, like I I have been, um, definitely have a look at exploring your um, your circadian rhythm. Um, yeah. 
here's my lads have just burst in the door <laughs> yeah I am um, I was wondering if you had time just before we jump off because I'd love and I'm sure everyone who's listening would love to hear more about red alchemy and kind of where they can find more information about that yeah um so uh, my website kittymaguire.com yeah and um or my instagram page is kitty mcguire menstrual mentor brilliant and yeah. just for anyone who's who's listening i guess a quick one line is so red Al- alchemy is a a school to teach facilitators about how to facilitate around menstrual and cycle awareness and a couple of different layers to it so there's people Beautiful. just anyone like okay teach primary school teach anyone and that's like um an MCA informed um, self-embodiment it's about 30 hours but it's done you can do it on a self-learning pace or you can do it through the live calls Um, and that's done slowly over you can do it as quick or as slow as you want Um, Mm. slow because you have a listening partner and you have a community Um, and then I have the facilitator training which is about a 60 70 hour and there's an immersion in that we come together and um, this year we're down in bally de hob um we're just fourth of september something like that for five days and then the mentorship is a year long so what that means is no way. difference of that is it's the facilitator program plus um the facilitator program plus uh there's like six coach like one-on-one mm-hmm. mentor sessions there's um explorations of your cycle and then there's guest teachers on that as well so you're working on on your woman wound and your mother wound if that's a part of your work um and you're also working with the the big deep imposter syndrome that comes with the fear of getting yourself out into the community so it's quite it's quite rich and quite rounded and there's some business kind of aspects to it as well um so that you feel equipped and able. So the thing about it is, it's like, I don't do this work for you. I provide the space and we work yeah. like, as I say, make it clear to people, a mentor isn't there to do the work. It's a relationship that myself and the person has. And I just provide a space for that person to explore their creativity, to make safe mistakes and learn from them. Um, because sometimes I think people think, oh, I'll go and she's going to make this happen for me. But it's like, yeah. it's very, I have to be clear that if if you show up and do the work, that's when the results happen. It's, it's yeah. you know, with this work, you what you get out, what you put in, you get back. Absolutely. Yeah. The reward, you, I feel, in tenfold. You give it 1% and you'll get 10 times that back, you know. Yeah. So yeah. 100%, it just comes back in, in, in gold falls. So, yeah. Yeah. Stunning. Well, it sounds absolutely incredible. So I'll make sure now in the show notes that uh, I'll have the link and where people can find out about it. But look, Kitty, obviously the seagulls are kicking in now. Um, <laughs> Kitty, I just wanted to say thanks so much for coming on. You were absolutely amazing. It gave loads of your time there just talking all about the work that you do and why it's my so pleasure. Important. I love it. Yeah. You love I know, it. Me too. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we could talk for hours, but no, it's great. It's and this is exactly why I wanted to create this podcast is to kind of have these discussions and yeah, well people... thanks. It's huge. <laughs> it's a huge accomplishment and it's huge work and like it's lovely. It's lovely yeah. to have. So thanks to you and thanks no for problem. having me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs>